The earliest memory I can probably think of would be when I was five and going to violin lessons for the first time. And back then, like, because I didn't have a violin yet, because my parents were still sussing out whether I was actually going to enjoy it at all, my dad made me this, like, pretend violin out of, like, weird bits of wood and plastic. And, like, I had, like, a long stick and I just kind of pretend to bow the violin and it was, it looked like a, like a, like a model. It was pretty much a model. And I would just do that. And my violin teacher looked at me and was like, oh yeah, they, they, they stroke well, you know, like they can do it. I don't know if he was just saying that just to like amuse me, you know, like who is this weird kid who has come in with this pretend violin, like just to have a violin. G'day, I'm Holly Dowse Robinson, and welcome to Notes From Home, where we have a cuppa with your favourite musos and the people that raise them. For this episode, we headed to Marrickville to chat with Olive Rush from Egoism and their dear mum Heidi. Egoism have been part of the DIY scene in Sydney since they were teenagers and are now coming up as the dream pop shoegaze act to watch. These are their Notes From Home. My name is Olive Rush. Uh, I grew up in Marrickville. And I play in the band Egoism. Uh, my brother and I both played violin from when we were five years old. Um, and we would go to see the same violin teacher. And my mum would drive us there like every week. I got into classical. I didn't really get into music, classical music because of the passion for it. I go into classical music because like I can't remember not listening to it, essentially. Um and it was what I played, like, uh, you know, there's a, you have a different relationship with the music that you play and the music you listen to and can't possibly play. That makes, like, a huge difference in your brain, being able to kind of participate in the music that you like, even if it's just, like, you playing violin, like, shittily in your living room. I listen to a lot of Mozart, uh, a lot of Dvorak, a lot of Bach, actually, and then everything that wasn't that would be, like, the Beatles weird 90s trip-hop compilations and Ben Folds. And that was pretty much it up until I was about, like, nine years old and my friend showed me Green Day for the first time. Was it American Idiot? Yeah, it was. You know it was. I think once, yeah, once I got the Green Day disease... It was like, yeah, a lot of Green Day. Guitar I actually learnt by playing ukulele, um, by stealing my friend's ukulele and, and like playing it while like walking around. With ukulele, like I remember I was walking through King Street and I just saw this like big ukulele ensemble performing once when I was 13 and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Um, they were doing some kind of cover of Boots Are Made For Walking or some shit. And I got seven friends together who all played ukulele and they, we sat in my house and we did a cover of White Winter Hymnal by Fleet Foxes. I was following the eye, was following the eye, was following the eye, was following the eye. And we're like, that's it, we're a band, like we're a ukulele band, like we're so cool, we're going to play, we're going to busk, we're going to do everything together. Um, and the next rehearsal, only three people turned up. Those three people, me, Scout, who's still in Egoism now, and Claire, we were a band. We decided we're going to be a band. And we recorded 
the first kind of like demo of the song Crowd that Scout and Claire wrote in high school. And then Claire left to do the HSC and Scout didn't leave but pretty much did nothing because she was focusing on her HSE and I just made a whole bunch of weird bedroom demos. And then finally, in like 2014, we got a drummer and then we were mad. When we, when we started out, none of us had any kind of effects or anything like that and for like a genre that relies so much on effects, that pretty much meant that we didn't realise that we were making that type of music except without the effects. Um, so eventually once I bought, I saved up for ages and I bought this like tape delay pedal and like I turned it on at, at the rehearsal and we were like, like it was just like a kind of total explosion of just like this is the sound, like this is what we need to do and just everything kind of fit together because our old drummer, he was really into like back to Marco, a lot of 70s soft rock kind of stuff and so he would play drums like that like he would have this very relaxed kind of groove kind of going on the whole time and Scout is a very dreamy singer and then my guitar would just be like completely drenched and was like oh we are a dream pop band I didn't actually realize that and suddenly we just were that we usually made our own gigs because we were still underage and we would our first gig was in the afternoon at Egg Records run by our drummer's dad and we played with Cosmic Flanders and Mac the Knife and we like packed the place out. And the next gig we had, we organized this thing called Happy Lentils Night where we talked to like the owners of Lentils Anything and they agreed to let us like use the second floor of their place for free. So we put on this like kind of whole night thing. Like we got all these like spoken word poets, different musicians who were all in high school and we made it free entry next thing we knew there were 600 people going on the event because we didn't realize we're giving like about six people from five different high schools their first gig and everyone is going to go eventually like we had to do this weird ticketing system on like the morning of the thing because the the because lentils anything found the event they were like what the fuck we can't fit 600 people up here and the thing pretty much immediately filled up people were like drinking goon throughout the whole thing the owner was hysterically angry with us we played a set a couple other people played and got shut down at about 8.30 because they started thinking the floor was going to cave in this, the album that I would say changed my life was this album called An Introduction to Elliot Smith mainly just because like I think that was the first time where I listened to music and I was like I'm going to learn how to play this, I'm going to play this. And at that point, I had never really thought that for pop music. That pretty much made me go like, fuck it, I'm playing guitar, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn all the Elliott Smith songs and sing them because I thought it was the most amazing music I've ever heard and it was just one guy and one guitar. And I still like just herald Elliott Smith as like the greatest of all time, just purely for that fact. And I still only know like one song by him. I always find it funny to think about the fact that, like, I started learning about non-binary pretty much through, like, memes that were actually, like, hateful towards it. There's this group on Facebook called uh, Rick and Morty Swift Posting, 
about two years ago, there was this big trend of just people making these pretty terrible memes talking about like, oh, there's only two genders and stuff like that. And that was pretty much like me being like, are there only two genders? I have to explain my identity. I work with children. I pretty much get asked every day when I'm working by some kid, like, are you a boy or a girl? Like, I have to explain it pretty much every time. A couple of times I've tried explaining non-binary to kids and they were just like, what? What are you talking about? And they just didn't get it. So I've started saying like, I'm half girl, half boy, because then they'll like, I noticed as soon as I started doing that, their reaction was completely different. They like went from like, huh? Like, oh, what? To really? Like, you can be that? Wow. Like, I was like, yes, that's the reaction I want. The concept of gender is pretty much encircled humanity since the beginning of time. And as soon as you take like a nihilist view, like it doesn't matter, like whatever, then it's like, what the fuck do we do? Like, and it's really, I think it's really hard for a lot of people to kind of get yourself out of get yourself out of that cloud. And I know I, I struggle with it a lot. When I'm making music, I'm not thinking about my gender. I'm literally just thinking about the music. My name is Heidi Seemann. Um, I'm Olive's mum, mother. Um, I'm originally from Germany, but I came here like... 25 years ago. So should I, just before it's, do you, do you want me to say Olive, not Oliver? Because I keep saying Oliver. You, you can say Olive, I reckon Olive. For, 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 um, for the for, consistency for, of for the... For consistency, yes. Yeah. Okay. We used to play the violin and I had my grandfather's violin that I played on and then eventually Oliver Olive played on that as well, and Julian afterwards. But he got another violin in between. Yeah, my mother bought it after the war for my for my grandfather because he lost his violin during the war. They were refugees, and uh, she bought it. And it's it's not a very yes. Didn't she buy it from like a dead Russian soldier or something? No, she bought it from a woman whose whose son didn't come back from the war. That's that, That's right. They grew up trilingual, my grandparents. So they spoke German at home, had Hungarian schools, and on the street they spoke uh, Slovakian. I don't have any, and I don't want to embarrass anyone with my I'm music taste. I'm not no, please tell us your taste. What music? I've, really, I've talked about it. Super trend. When I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful. I mean, if you're playing music, um, like, say, coming back to the violin, you can teach the technical stuff, but that has to... I mean, you can help because you can point out, well, you, what are you feeling? Because you have to... It has to just be more than just playing notes. It has to be... You have to know what it is about. And if you're playing a march, it has to be a march and not kind of a lullaby. You did the Bella Bartok stuff. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, well, I played them a lot with my violin teacher because they were all duos. And we'd play them and they'd sound complete because that was how they were meant to be played instead of a lot of what I'd be playing on violin, which was kind of like a solo 
that was meant to be like two minutes within like a whole orchestra piece. So I would just have to imagine the whole orchestra mm-hmm. behind me. So I think at that point I was really, I was getting, I, I didn't suck at guitar anymore. Like I was actually starting to record myself and I was starting to find it really kind of difficult to find the motivation for violin because it was a bit like it felt a little bit more like a chore now. Yeah, I find that quite um, um, amazing that someone can kind of teach themselves. Olive and Julian recorded this when my dad died. We both like fleet foxes a lot. And I went over to the to the funeral um, in Germany. In Germany, and they recorded that song and we played it at the at the funeral. Any of their gigs at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah with the parents. <laughs> like everyone. <laughs> Not every, we don't go to every single one of them, but we go to a lot of them. Yeah, Cosmic Finders, they, their parents turn up to every gig as well. So yeah. Uh, we've walked out of one because they had technical difficulties. <laughs> what was that? That was the one in the warehouse in, in Marrickville. Oh, yeah. Notes from Home is produced for FBI Radio. If you like what you heard today, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm Holly Douse Robinson with Jonathan Took as executive producer and sound engineering wizard. Shout out to our associate producer, Grace Stranger, and co-creator Nina Oyama. Cheers to Music Farmers Wollongong and FBI Radio Sydney. And massive thanks to Olive Rush and Heidi Zeman for jumping on board. <laughs>